Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie. And we're joined this morning by Gail Matalski, Director of Digital Marketing and Key Account Management for Royal Chemical. And I'm Gail Matalski, and I'm super excited to be here today. Thank you, Gail. We're excited to have you. Today's episode is sponsored by Shock Your Potential. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership and sales training organization committed to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. CEO Michael Sherlock has trained more than 10,000 professionals in her career and knows that success comes from asking the right questions at the right time. Whether you are looking to up-level your leadership team, reinvigorate your sales team, or evaluate your succession plan, Michael and her Shock Your Potential team will bring out the best in you in order to elevate your company. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and find her two best-selling books on Amazon. Michael will also be our keynote speaker on a webinar on executive presence for our Women in Chemicals community on September 14th, and we will put the link to register in the show notes today, or you can find it on our LinkedIn. Great. Thanks so much, Amelia. And Gail, thanks so much for joining us. We're very excited to have you here today. Um, if you could, please just introduce yourself to our community. So tell us a little bit about what your current role is, your career journey, and how you got to you know what you're doing today. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. And um, so my career journey has been almost 40 years now with only two places, both in the chemical industry. Um, when I started in the chemical industry, I was 20. And I was working as a waitress. And um, as I was thinking about this interview, I was thinking about the women in my life who have, you know, inspired or brought me up. Um, so at the time, my aunt uh, had told me about a job at Ferro Corporation in the lab. And so I applied for there with her um, giving me recommendations. I got the job at Ferro back in 1985. Um, while I worked at Faro, um, I had advanced from a tech one to a tech three. During that time that I was there for nine years, um, I also had another fine woman who I had worked with, Kathleen Smith, who was working the uh, micro lab at the time, who um, gave me the opportunity to move into her department, to which I was like thrilled and um the fact that she was recognizing me and gave me that opportunity was amazing. So early on, I was getting, you know, we were working together. Um, I had um, moved into the analytical lab, learned some different skills. I um, had twin sons while I was there. Um, and then when my twin sons were going into kindergarten, they decided we were going to go to a um, swing shift of seven days rotating in the lab. So you could be working Monday to Thursday or, you know, Thursday through Tuesday. And I'm like, but I have children and they're going into kindergarten. Is there anything you can do for me? I just, these aren't going to work for me at all. Nope. They said no. So oh. I kind of took my two weeks vacation and went in those days we went from, um, place to place and filled out applications and anywhere I saw that there was a silo, a stack 
tested. I knew that they made chemicals. I was filling in my application. And sure enough, that's how I landed at Royal Chemical. At the time, it was called Chemodyne. But we it was a um, complicated, but Chemodyne owned the products. Royal made the products. And so um, I started at Chemodyne in the analytical lab. I'm, yep. And then uh, Royal Chemical, basically. And early on, I um, was working there. And... We were getting ISO certified and the consultants they were working with had said, by the way, um, you have an experienced person here who can help you through the process. So um, our owner asked me, would I get us certified in one year, do nothing else, just get us certified. And um, that, that would be my job. So sure enough, for a whole year, I wrote every procedure that we had. I went to every department that there was. I watched them. I asked them. I learned everything. So sure enough, we got certified and I became the quality management rep by doing so. I was the quality management rep for 10 years. Um, During that time when I was still in quality and complaints would come through or you would need corrective actions or preventative actions. And I'd ask the plant manager and, you know, they weren't really giving me what I was looking for to respond and know that we were going to effectively, you know, fix problems. So they were like, Oh, if you think you know so much, why don't you be the plant manager? And I'm like, okay, I'll be the plant manager. I think I can do that. So sure enough, um, that's how I became plant manager for seven years. I went out there and again, in this environment, you know, you're talking at that point, we had three shifts, uh, excuse me, extremely male dominant. Um, And I, you know, um, knew how to do everything, you know. So for me, um, it was a matter of giving instructions and coaching and, you know, being that voice for them. I also had to get the respect out there, you know, so that um, why is a woman out here telling us what to do? (laughs) And then uh, about seven years later, we went to a new ERP system. And so then uh, they needed somebody who could actually do computers and understand and uh, teach computers, which again, I had that. And in our office area, there weren't too many um, people who had outside knowledge. So I went back into the office area, learned the computer uh, system and had to be a train the trainer. So I left the plant manager, went in, Became the customer service manager and basically the entire office staff manager, you know, so I was in charge of purchasing um, customer service, everything that related to planning. So then um, about 2012 is when I went into sales Um, and I love sales. Um, That's been my favorite so far. Uh, Having the knowledge of knowing how every single product is made. Um, all of the lo- five locations, everything that they do, I wrote everything. So when people call and ask any questions, I don't have to go to someone else. I can do it myself. I can do my own tours. I can sell my stuff because I've lived it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, I did approach my boss regarding some of the travel as, you know, you're getting older or whatever and whether I live in Cleveland. So I, I wanted to maybe think about, you know, how could I just get into maybe 
marketing or something more than just sales, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into the whole digital marketing aspect, which I love to learn. So um, initially it was a little intimidating. I uh, don't always, um, you know, uh, I'm not taking a lot of the classes that a lot of the people are. So I have, I'm a self-taught person. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been my job now since 2012 to do both sales and marketing combined. Um, And I really love my job and I'm very happy to be there. And I plan to spend the rest of my career. Wow. (laughs) I couldn't have set a career journey better than what that just was. So, so Gail, I'm taking notes in the background. So if I seem distracted, it's just me kind of taking down what you're telling me. And a couple of things I have in bold here is, is this topic around your experience as a plant manager. And so it's a great segue into this next question that we have um, about how you've had so many hats in different roles within Royal and, and Pharaoh. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the plant manager role was more male dominated than, than others. So the question that we, we like to ask is, you know, what experiences that you've had so far have seemed more male dominated, dominated and why? And then how do you vouch for yourself? in those specific situations. So how did you, like you said, gain the respect of your, you know, male dominated colleagues in that type of an environment? Um, How did you gain the confidence or the inspiration or the motivation to, you know, be a coach or a teacher, whatever that might've been in, in these more male dominated roles? Um, yeah. So I was, um, am fortunate to be a very confident person, just in general, you know, I take on a challenge, I face the challenge, I do the challenge. And I don't see gender, you know, if we're going to have a conversation, we're just going to have a conversation. As a matter of fact, you know, if you're going to push me, you might not want to do that, because I'm probably going to push <laughs> back and they're not going to like that. So um, that's always just been my personality, I think, and it's never been intimidating too much for me. Um, you know, I had an assistant plant manager who was a male, at the time. And it was always good cop, bad cop. I think I was more of a good cop, even (laughs) though, um, you know, I knew what I I was, you know, as a mom, I think we are all teachers, if you will, you know, and you want to find what resonates with the guys. So then you bring it home to them so that they have some, they need to understand what it is that why you're doing it, how you're doing it. And that's how you gain the respect, you know, speak their language. Um, uh, it was very hard in disciplinary situations when um, you're sitting across from big hunky guys that are, you know, obviously they're out doing manufacturing and you're giving them, you know, okay, you've got two more chances and they're crying. And I'm like, whoa, um, it'll be all right. You just need to, you know, make sure you get this done or whatever. So um, I, I think that after a while, because I proved myself. So say for instance, to a job needed done and I'm out there and I'm like, we have to have the ship. We must, it, you know, we need to do whatever it takes or somebody's coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't just say it. I went out there and I helped, you know, right. and I, I was right there with them in the trenches. I of course couldn't lift certain things or, you know, do some things that they were doing, but clearly if there was something I could do to be out there and show my support for them, I would do that. Yeah. I think that's great. I love the mentality and I wish I, I think I, I wish I had more of that in myself. And so it's, it's inspiring for me to, 
to see, you know, how you don't question your abilities or yourself and you jump right in there and you take on that challenge. Amelia, any thoughts there? I feel the same way. I'm like, I love that you are just feeling capable. Like I think sometimes I go into situations and I perceive that other people or or men specifically and sometimes older men um, perceive like, what is this little girl telling me? And I love that you were just like, I don't see it. I don't think about it. Like, I know what I'm doing. If I have to go roll up my sleeves and get dirty, I'll do it. So I think that's a great attitude. And it brings me back to a quote that Victoria, our last woman of the week shared with us. That's like, I think something along the lines of what other people think about you isn't your business. And (laughs) I see that being like related, like you, what, these guys think about you, you don't bother yourself with. So you just approach it from this like clearer mindset. Yep. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Now in meetings with say not the um, plant and say I'm in a um, conference room and I obviously was the quality management rep and I had to prepare and I had to give this huge presentation and I am going to be the only woman there for the entire 10 years you know, from the owner to every supervisor at every location. And I'm pretty much pointing out all their faults. Um, again, I'm just going to give my presentation, but the nerves going into that, knowing you're always going to be that you had to dress properly. You had to speak certain ways. You had to watch your body language, all those things that I don't, I do think I did think at the time they're so lucky. They don't always have to think about all of those things. I think women yeah. are definitely judged so differently every day on whether or not I roll my eyes or what I'm saying or how I'm saying it, or using my hands, my, you know, just everything I do, they watch it. And then they like pick up on it and ask me a question. Well, you must be thinking something, Gail, because you rolled your eyes. And I'm like, did I just roll my eyes? <laughs> now I'm going to say something. Oh, don't look at me. <laughs> That's an interesting point. So do you still feel like that today, like in your sales calls and, and, and those types of activities? Um, not so much the sales calls, but definitely still internal meetings. It can be, you know, I think they're looking for my cues because I'm such a opinionated person. Sure. I'm a problem solver. Just that's me too. You know, I'm going to have something to say. And if I don't say something, they're still like, yeah, you're quiet today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's wrong? You're not feeling well. But I think there's there's a there's a great thing in that too, in that they need your or they they rely on your guidance and your input, and they value that, and so they want to make sure that your voice is heard. And I think that's cool too. Absolutely. That's great. So on the topic of you know you mentioned you know for ten years you felt internally that you were the only woman in the room for a lot of these big decision making discussions. Do you feel today that chemical companies such as, as Royal or Pharaoh or whomever are doing enough to retain women today? It, and so part two to that question is, what can we do better to support women that are looking to take on roles in the chemical industry? Um, so unfortunately, I kind of live in a bubble and I've only known two places. However, I network a lot. I'm um, on the board of directors of the Cleveland Chemical Association here in Cleveland. Very cool. So, um, and I think it's 50-50, to be honest with you. So to me, that says a lot about where things are at. You know, um, when 2012, when I would go to, um, I think the last 
um, person who was on. She went to the NACD meetings doing any networking things. I was probably one of 100 people that was a woman. Now it's 10 in 100. So that's how far it's come in just the last nine years that I've been involved. I feel um, there has been improvement. Um, I know for my own situation at Royal, um, I was the only person. Now, if you even look at my webpage, I have a director of purchasing, Melissa. She's a, on there. I have a director of safety and health, um, Kelly. Um, Jennifer Malinsky's our director of uh, commercialization. So now, you know, it's almost 30% women. Mm-hmm. So it's really evolved. And I'm so happy to be at a place that um, does recognize women, promotes within. Um, with regards to what else can we do? I strongly feel that if you are recognizing that someone has a talent, coach them, encourage them, go do that apply for that. Here's what you need to know. Be like right there in their ear saying, here's what you need to say, do or whatever to get them to that level. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because they're not going to know what to expect or whatever. And just let them know you're always there for them. You're not going in this alone. Just get, I'm a phone call away. You want to vent, you want to talk, you want to brainstorm it through. I'll be right here waiting. Yeah. I think this brings me back to some commentary from Victoria's conversation in our last interview as well, talking about the mentorship versus sponsorship conversation. And so the activities that you're talking about, I feel like my takeaway is that those are sponsorship activities. And so how, how I'm interpreting this scale is that, you know, when you say coach, you, that aligns to how I see a sponsor. Um, and it's more than just, you know, doing the informational interviews as, as a mentor, checking in occasionally, whatever it might be. It's actually actively taking actions in partnership with this person that you're coaching or sponsoring. That's correct. Yep. I think that's great. Amelia, any thoughts? No, I mean, like I had the same, um, connection when, when Gail said that. And I think that some of these like sponsorship type activities are also a little bit what we're trying to facilitate in our community. So, I mean, at my last chemical company that I worked at for four years, I was the only female on my team. And a lot of times I didn't feel like I had somebody that I could do a lot of this connecting with. And I think that's really the gap that we're trying to bridge here. And I do hope that members of our community are able to establish these relationships and have these conversations and find sponsorship and mentorship so that we do feel supported. Because like you said, it's very important to have support and not feel like you're going at it alone. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that it's also, you know, we're not in competition with one another, even though sometimes we're in competition with everyone. So if you can just take a step back, and empathize with where you came on your journey or how you would feel if you were that person. Just know that they just need a little bit of assistance or something. They're not competing with you. And if you're that person who has the ego that if they're going to be better than me, take credit for the fact that you help them be better. What's wrong mm-hmm. with somebody being better at something than you can do? Don't we all want our kids to be better? Why would we want to be in competition? Be yourself and then they can be their best. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. And we've talked about this too in some of these interviews about how because there is 
less visibility for women in the chemicals industry, it can sometimes feel like it is a more competitive environment or cutthroat environment to create that visibility for women, for leadership roles in the industry, et cetera. And it's, we've talked a lot about how, how do we change that narrative? Like you said, to support one another and bring each other up together. Right. So I think that perfectly aligns with kind of what we're trying to tackle and and talk through an action. So Gail, you mentioned that you are approaching 40 years in the industry. Can you help us to understand what you have seen in terms of, you know, changes, dynamics, trends, whatever it might be in the industry over your, your approaching 40 years? Yep. Um, like I say, uh, going to network events or um, just freely speaking with the fellas, if you will, you know, and you mentioned, Amelia, that you feel like, oh, they're this little girl. What is she going to know? You know, um, some of the good old boy thing isn't as prevalent as it used to be, you know, for me anyways, maybe because I am getting older and they can't or shouldn't be talking like that. By the way, just everything that's happened in the last five years out there with um, me too's and women maybe having more confidence about speaking out about so many things that are inappropriate, inappropriate. Um, I'm glad to see that part has changed because I was never comfortable with the sweetheart talk. I just, I have a brain and I have um, experience and you don't need to talk to me like I'm some object, you know, that, that part was very frustrating. It has improved a lot. That is because I'm older. (laughs) I was going so personally, I don't feel as though I've ever been spoken to like that. But for you to just speak as though that was like commonplace for you at one point in your career, Mm -hmm. I can't even wrap my brain around that right now. Yes, it was very frustrating. I have a wonderful husband who was always very supportive. So when I would go home, I was always very truthy about what was happening. You know, because it, it is. You just feel you know, um, harassed, I guess, in some ways, I've throughout the years, you feel the harassment, the undertones of it. And it's very annoying. Um, and again, I don't, I haven't seen it. You guys are very fortunate to be coming up in an age where when you're out at a, um, dinner function and comments are being made, I think half the time I didn't get invited to um, dinner functions because of being a female. Uh, They wanted to have their little good old boy talk or whatever. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so y'all are going doing stuff. And they're like, yeah, but we want to Google women. And (laughs) I don't know what, you know, yeah, it was, it was definitely, that was what they did. I think so. Sorry. Well, I think that's really just a true testament also to the evolution that Kylie can't even fathom it. Like, being in sales and going on sales calls, I've seen it more than I would like to in my career, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily commonplace. Like I still find it shocking and abhorrent, Yeah, but it seems like for you, it was a lot more like constant and regular and common. And I love that Kylie can't even fathom it. Like, I hope that someday when I have kids, sexual harassment is something that they never worry about. Right. 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 
And they didn't even think of it as sexual harassment. They just think of it as, you know, I'm going to tell you how pretty you are. And, oh, well, that looks good on you. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I want to hear about that right now. Um, Thank you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, as Amelia said, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for all of the initiatives that are occurring and the conversations just like this one that are happening right now to make sure that, you know, our kids and whoever else in our career journeys don't experience conversations and commentary like that. That seemed so commonplace throughout some of your career. So Gail, digital marketing is seemingly, you know, the, the, the latest step in your career journey here. What have been the biggest benefits that Royal has seen from their digital marketing campaigns and how do you anticipate digital marketing to play a role in the future of the chemicals industry? Well, I think that Royal itself didn't have any um, digital marketing until I um, took on the task. And I think I've been doing that about three years now. So I okay. helped upgrade our webpage. Um, I uh, work on all of the blogs, every blog that you see on my page, I'm involved with. I. Um, I work with a writer. I'm not writing them. However, like most writers, they probably have somebody who does, you know, I, I do an interview, I tell them the, the script, and then they make it all nicey nice. So um, without it, I think during COVID at this point, you know, uh, our in-persons are definitely less. Trade shows are less. So how are you advertising? You know, um, if you're not sending out e-newsletters or campaigns of some sort or out there on LinkedIn, social media is key. I mean, I, um, I like social media. So um, for the, the good parts, you know, I stay away from all the silly politics, but mm-hmm. um, social media, knowing that your brand is out there, you've got to tell your story. How are you planning on doing that? Mm-hmm. If you don't have any type of marketing programs. I think that's such a good point. I mean, and I bolded in my notes here, especially during COVID. And I think that this industry specifically, whether they planned for it or wanted it or anticipated it or not, were pushed to get out of their comfort zones and navigate this virtual environment because of COVID. And I think that, you know, I've had access to a cell phone since who knows when at a very young age. And I think that that is, whether it's good or bad, something that is kind of a staple of, you know, the young professionals entering the industry right now. And so to enter into that type of audience and be able to navigate that and modernize that and leverage that and even pull in folks that aren't as commonly using that and haven't over their long career journeys in the industry because of COVID, I think, you know, you need to take advantage of that. So I think that's great. I will also say, Gail, and I want to compliment you. Um, you know, I'm familiar with Royal in the past. I've, I've sold to you guys and obviously I know some of your colleagues and over COVID, I was talking to one of my colleagues in the office one day, just about, he needed a repack, but it had to be heated and it was going from package to bulk. And the same day I happened to get the Royal newsletter and I didn't even know you guys had this capability. And I'm just like clicking through reading it. And I was like, Oh, I think you should reach out to Royal. 
And so I emailed <laughs> Melissa and she was like, reach out to Paul and yep. connected my colleague. And it's, you know, in the past, you know, lead generation and sales has mainly been focused in our industry on you need to get in front of the customer. You need to get in front of the customer. That's how you get opportunities. But I think digital marketing is going to be huge for lead generation in our industry. It is in most industries. I think we've Mm -hmm. been a little bit slow to evolve. And I think it's really great that Royal has you to do that for them. Yeah. I also think that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my time is very precious. I get too many emails as it is. However, when I see my phone calling and I'm like, yeah, if I don't recognize the call, I'm not taking it. I screen my calls completely. You know, I have to use my time with what I have already in front of me. But that two second email that's going out, I have had so many people tell me that they read it, they remembered it, and they come back to it. You know, um, mm-hmm. they didn't need, I didn't need to bother them. They don't want to talk to me about it as much sometimes as I don't want to talk to them because they're busy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't ask Kylie about her uh, um, meeting calendar. <laughs> <laughs> this week has been slower than some. It's only um, 45. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah. Just about. Um, so, Gail, as we wrap up our, our interviews with each of our women of the week, we always open up the door for closing comments, advice, um, recommendations. Sometimes we get podcasts or book recommendations um, and any mottos to live by. So I'm going to open it up for you to kind of close out for us. Um, yeah. So there's a book um, that it's from the eighties actually, and it's called the one minute manager. It's a series of books. They're very quick reads, um, maybe 150 pages tops, but, um, it basically the one that I like in the series is the one minute manager finds the monkey or cures the monkey. And basically what it's telling you, the message is that don't take on work that doesn't belong to you. While you're trying to cure somebody else's monkey, your monkeys are back there getting sick. Make sure that you give back the monkey that does not belong to you. You think you're helping them by nurturing their monkey, taking their monkey for them. In essence, you're really allowing them to um, maybe not do what they're supposed to be doing or taking away their confidence that you're like, well, let me take that and I'll take a look at it. I'll, I'll let you know. Nope. They need to figure it out, learn it. You can be there for them to help cure their monkey, but don't take their monkeys. You've got enough monkeys on your own. So I need to take that advice myself. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Uh, I needed this right at this time, Gail. (laughs) Got a lot of other people's monkeys right now. Yeah, your monkeys are probably back there dying. (laughs) (laughs) And just always be the best that you can be, you know, um, even when you know it's not your job, even though when you're taking on more responsibility and you're like, yeah, I hope they recognize this and I get paid for this. Mm, the payment will come to you no matter what you do. You're always learning. You're always improving. You're always just going to do your best. And it, you'll never regret, you know, that, oh, I could have done better or whatever. No, I did my best. And that was all what I could give is my best. Mm-hmm. You can't regret it if you knew you're doing your very hard you know, your hardest work. Yep. I completely agree. 
Well, Gail, it has been a pleasure to learn about all of your experiences and your journey. And I'm really excited for our community to hear about your story as well. So thanks so much for joining us. And we will connect with you hopefully soon in some other women in chemicals activities here. Excellent. I plan to attend. Thank you so much for having me.